So she is in a relationship. What? Um, yeah, no, that's exactly right. So they, she, she's been in a relationship for about three years. They don't live together. We have a certain name for it. We won't talk about that. <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 142 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. So are you going to tell everybody? What? Can you tell about what you did? I'm a poor decision maker. <laughs> I had COVID brain and did something. You did something very, very bad. You said it wasn't that bad. Um, depends on what side you're standing on. Go ahead and tell on me, David. Well, uh, Lori has on and off for the past year or so wanted to get a puppy because she claims that our current dog does not love her. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and so she wanted a dog that would love her. Yep. And so... A couple weeks ago, she comes to me and this breeder that uh, she was in contact with in another state says, we've got uh, two puppies left and I'll make you a killer deal on them because I need to get rid of them. And, um, and she's, you know, gets the price on, on one of them. And, and uh, she's asking me, she goes, well, how do I, how do I choose which one to get? And, um, you know, cause I don't really know. They sent videos and pictures and all that, but you know, she kind of wants a chill dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like me, I'm chill. Um, but for those of you who are listening, who know what a Belgian Malinois is, they're typically not a chill dog. Anytime you see a chill Belgian Malinois, people tell you they're broken. <laughs> Something's wrong with them. Um, it's probably the most hyper dog that you could possibly get. They're typically not good family pets, but we are familiar with the breed. We've had more than more than one. I've had several. So, you know, I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> uh, so the story goes, Lori couldn't choose. And so she decided. <laughs> what do you mean? You said, get them both. You said, which one should I get? And I'm like, just get them both. Just get them both. I mean, one um, is hard. Two is not necessarily twice as hard. It kind of depends. Sometimes it's you know, one and a half times hard. Sometimes it's 10 times hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, just get them both. Because I could tell she couldn't make a decision on which one. And she had this look on her face like, but I don't want to leave the other one by itself. Yeah. And separate them and all that. So I was like, all right, just get them both. So, um, the, the shipper shows up and out pops these just adorable, cute little Belgian Malinois puppies, which really they're like alligators, like furry alligators. That's really what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're just, they're chomping, literally chomping all the time at you <laughs> like little piranhas or something. Yeah. And they got very, very sharp teeth. Yeah. And uh, and so, uh, what are we, like a week and a half into this now? With um, You know, we currently have a eight-year-old Belgian Malinois, 
And she's not very happy with me right now. Yeah, yeah. And and we have these two off the chain hyper Belgian Malinois puppies. Okay, David, tell the truth. So David says, Well, you know, you pick which one you want. <laughs> and I'll kinda like take the other one. Well, as if me getting two puppies wasn't poor decision making enough, apparently I picked the crackhead puppy. <laughs> this dog already jumps, what, three feet in the air? Mm-hmm. Is crazy, wide open, and David's is all chill. <laughs> Not all the time, but, you know. Compared to this one, yes. Oh, yeah, compared to that one. Yeah. So, We've nicknamed, well, first of all, their, their names. Um, so the hyper one that Lori has deemed hers, uh, she named Veda. And and not Vader, not Darth Vader, but Veda. Probably should have named her Vader. But um, and then I named mine Kai, short for Kaizen. And but we but we have a nickname for Veda. We call her Little Roo because <laughs> she jumps up and down like a kangaroo. <laughs> yes, uh, she's uh, she's spastic, y'all. She well, is spastic. I just don't understand. How did I pick the wrong one? <laughs> You you had your options to pick eat whatever you wanted. Uh, I think what they did is when they got out of their crate when they first got here, that you know within what two three minutes you picked yours, and she was the one that was just kind of chill at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I loving guess. on me. Yeah, that's probably it. Because she she was more and still is more outgoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think she just ran to you and was loving all over you. Like, oh, this one loves me. I got to have it. Yeah. Well, you know, we will blame this on COVID brain because I did have COVID. And I will say that do not make any decisions when you have COVID (laughs) or probably for a year after because at four o'clock in the morning, we're standing outside freezing to death with these puppies and... I look at David and I said, I am a poor decision maker. Yeah. So as you listen to this intro and outro, if you hear a puppy yapping in the background, it's because she's in her crate. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Mine goes ballistic when you put her in the crate, but David just goes and lays in the crate whenever. I call it the perfect freaking dog. <laughs> All right. Let's get to what we need to talk about. Okay. Golly, y'all pray for my soul. (laughs) The winner of our Nacho Kids Academy Linda Dunham Scholarship this week is Carly R. Ooh, Carly R. We're so excited. (laughs) Uh, That's that's the woo uh, that you get when you don't want to wake up the puppies in the next room. I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be quiet. Ooh, thank you. Ooh, Carly. Whoa. <laughs> Carly, check your email and we will get you started in the Nacho Kids Academy and on to your new life. <laughs> That's right. Our guest today is Priscilla. She is from Australia. Are you laughing because you hear the puppies, David? Yes, I am. <laughs> well, I'm trying to talk over that part so the people don't hear them. <laughs> okay. But you know, every time Veda hears my voice, she barks. Yep. Okay. And saying hush doesn't help. That just riles her up more. Okay. Shh. Shh. 
Our guest today is Priscilla. Priscilla is from Australia, David. Oh, Lord. I know you talked to her a long time. I did, but I shortened this for y'all. <laughs> she has been blending for six and a half years, two stepkids, five bio kids. Oof. The two stepkids are not at home. There's a story behind that. And the bio kids, she has 50-50, the ones that are, of course, younger. Mm-hmm. Priscilla was in a blend herself. She was made to call her stepfather dad. Made to do it, huh? And made to change her last name to his oh, last name. Really? Mm-hmm. It sounds like that she wasn't on board with that decision. No. And you know what they were to call their biological father? Oh. Old father. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Old father. Old father. So she had an old father and a new father. <laughs> wow. She nachoed, but the stepkids still left. It's an interesting dynamic. Of course, there's a high-conflict biomom. Mm-hmm. And biomom, part of her issue may be that she wants her family back. So that's all I'm telling y'all. This ought to be interesting. All right, well, let's get to listen, as you say. But first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Priscilla. Hey, Priscilla, how are you? Hey, Laurie, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing well. Good. How long have you been blending? Uh, we've been blending for six and a half years and living, only living together for three. Um, but yeah, together we're for six and a half. Okay. And how many stepkids and bio kids do you have? I have two stepdaughters, a 17, almost 18 year old and a 16 year old stepdaughter. And I have five of my own. Bio's 21, bio daughter 19, bio daughter 18, bio daughter 16 and bio son 13. Holy moly. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> yeah, just a few, just a few kids. <laughs> yeah. So how often are the stepkids with y'all? They don't come and live with us anymore. So they um, made the decision to stay at their mum's house. Okay. Yeah, so the last one, the oldest one decided that a year and a half ago and the youngest one has just decided that probably just at Christmas time. Okay, so they don't even come to visit at all? No. No, no more. How does your husband feel about that? Or your boyfriend? Um, my partner, yeah, he, I think he's just a typical Aussie guy <laughs> in some ways. He he doesn't really talk about it too much. I, I know it upsets him. In some ways, he believes that it's always going to happen to him. He firmly believes that it was always the three of them versus him. So he's not too much in a shock. I think he's quite thankful for the years he had sometimes. But obviously it's hard on him and just trying to find the time for him to go and spend time with them or to have some form of meaningful relationship as well as hard because it's quite superficial for him and I think he finds that a little bit frustrating and I think he also finds a little bit hard because he has such an amazing relationship with my children which is probably half of the problem as well so I'm sure he has some guilt with that yeah yeah so it's not yeah 
hasn't been what we set out to achieve anyway, especially because we went so slow in coming together in our, into our relationship because we knew we had all of these different age children and we had one major problem where we had his oldest daughter and my middle child both in the same class. So that has been hard as well. So we had all of these little dynamics coming, coming together. So then we took a long time to actually come and move together as well. Then we had to find the right house because of the dynamics as well. We needed to have a house where the children could have their own room so they all had places to go and retreat to when needed. So we just really took the time in trying to make the kids as happy as we were. Mm -hmm. How often are your kids with you? My, (laughs) My children feel like they never leave. They So I've only got the three younger ones. Um, and the 18-year-old's about to fly as well. So they're 50-50 at the moment, and they're four on and four off. So they do four days or four nights with me, and then they go to their dad's for four nights, which is hard as well because you don't have any settling in time. I'd really love to have week on, week off, but he is a shift worker, and our whole life revolves around him and his shifts and whatever he would like. So we just do it that way. It's easier. And they're a little bit older now as well, so they deal with it a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about your stepkids not coming? Are you glad? Uh, look, I'm horrified, to be honest. I never came into it to have this happen. Like, as I said, we took it so slow to begin with. And them not coming is, yeah, obviously it's a relief. It's a relief and a lot of times because we're, I was walking on eggshells. The house was not a happy house when they were here. I felt like we all had to do whatever they wanted to make everyone happy. So Mm -hmm. whatever they wanted was what everybody else in the house did. We couldn't talk about certain things. I couldn't cook certain things. And but then at the same time, I'm devastated because I, you know, he he must be hurting um, not having his children around. And which you know, I think you've said many a time, it's hard to watch your partner hurt. And yeah, it's kind of it's just. What the dream that you had of trying to bring something together has been taken away from us. Yeah. And yeah. you don't want to do the happy dance that the stepkids aren't coming. <laughs> no. And <laughs> I was I actually only thought about it the other day. I was like, actually, it is a lot easier. And even my partner said that it is a lot easier. That must have been hard for him to admit that. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot easier. But no, I don't want to feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> Not in front of you anyway. <laughs> And and you feel bad for feeling that way, but it's the truth. It is the truth, yeah. It, it is. It, it has been so much easier. And just even with my children, my children, through all of this, they have, they always feel like they're the ones that have compromised the most. So they would actually come and get angry at me for compromising or being so nice to them all the time and not looking after them. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of happy that they don't have that as well. But at the same time, they're sad because they've actually become quite good friends with the youngest one. So they used to have a ball here. They would laugh and watch girl movies and cook and, you know, just we'd go and do crazy things and, and they'd have so much fun. So for them to not have that anymore, they, they, I suppose they're in a little bit of mourning about that and they don't understand why because nothing's really been said to them or as to why so I think even things like that they had all their little chat groups on social media and, and all of that's gone quiet as well so for them to have to deal with that it's just yeah not nice for them either 
Why do you think, or did the stepkids let y'all know why they weren't coming back? Yeah, so it's a very long story. Oh, I can start at the beginning if you like. I think the main problem was is that when we got together, we had five teenage girls and two of them, they're all very close in age, and two of them were in the same class. So they went to the same class into high school. And we'd only been seeing each other for about four months, I think. And I kind of thought at the time, oh, maybe I should leave the school and not have this happen. But I just thought, oh, it's only news. Didn't really think anything about the girls were getting on fine. But once we got, once they got to high school, it just like exploded from there. So, and look again, this is my side of the story, and mm-hmm. my partner knows everything that you know I think and and feel with it. But they got to high school, and my stepdaughter didn't have any friends at the time. Um, they'd been a blow blow up at primary school before they come into the high school. So she went with no friends. So she was relying on my daughter. And my oh. daughter happily took her under her wing. And she's quite my daughter's quite a social butterfly and went to school and she had friends and they were immediately in a group and they were in a group together. But within about three weeks, I think it all went down. From what I understand, the stepdaughter is quite a jealous girl and wanted to have just my daughter to herself and didn't like her my my daughter having other friends. So started to create a few little problems behind the scene and would talk about it behind the back or would try and organise friends away from my daughter. So, and my daughter one day just cracked it at, in class and just yelled at her, would you just leave me alone? It was the famous thing. And from then on in, it went downhill from there. So my daughter just couldn't handle having her around. And then the stepdaughter had the same you know, obviously the same feelings. And I think one place where we went wrong was my partner would talk to his daughter and I would talk to my daughter. My partner and the stepdaughter would talk about what she had done wrong and probably not getting her full story from what I understand. That was probably a big problem that we did. Uh-huh. And then going forward, these kids have been in the same class for six years and they just graduated high school last year. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it has been so hard. So we've had so many ups and downs with these children. They stayed in the same group from year 7 through to year 10, and then they went their separate ways in year 10. But the biggest problem in year 10 was my stepdaughter caused a lot of chaos for my daughter by causing, by going through the school and having a lot of rumours about my, my daughter. So she told all of her friends that my daughter was very mean to her that they, we, she and me treated her very badly at home, that she was ostracised to her room, that she wasn't allowed to do things, and all of that went round to all of the friends. So sadly at the time, my once beautiful social butterfly had a lot of friends back away from her and she didn't realise why until someone actually came over and told her. And it was actually the stepdaughter's, one of the stepdaughter's best friends who told my daughter what was happening. So she just kind of went to ground a lot ever since then. And we were having all these problems at home. So whilst all of this happened, we decided to move in because the stepdaughter had said to us that she was right to move in, that she was looking forward to it. And because we had given her her own room, it was all good. She even decided to come 50-50 at that time. So it was really crazy, actually, when I think about it. So she had moved in and she had, she was ostracizing herself in the room, but that was from her choice. She was not joining in on family discussions. She would come out and spend time at the family dinner table and then she'd go back to her room. But that was her choice. It was not 
anything that we did. Like family dinner nights are my favourite time of the, the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we all sit around the table and it's so loud and noisy and crazy and fun. And she'll come and participate that and then go back to her room. And, and my daughter at the dinner table wasn't fun when they were both there, when they were there together, because obviously she was really hurting and, and that was hard to watch. So I think there's just um, there was a lot of jealousy. So the stepdaughter, through all of this, she uh, started not wanting to talk to me. So prior to this, she and I had quite a good relationship. Even when she first moved in, we were okay, but definitely before we moved in. We had a very good relationship. Like she came to me with a lot of, you know, I, I had three teenage girls the same age and she was, when she was with her dad, he still had her in shorts and T-shirt, you know, and I'm like, how about we go and take her to the shops and we go and look at some different kind of clothing now, you know, mm-hmm. so she could feel a little bit more grown up. She and I had quite a good relationship, but throughout all of this, she, and especially when we moved in, she kind of, I think, realised that I was in her dad's life and she did not know how to take that and she started retreating from me and not and then obviously the rumors at the school went out around about me as well and she sat down one day and presented me with a word document on how much she hated me um, and what I'd done to her life and what a terrible person I was and kind of everything went downhill from there I put my automatic walls up which I do so I I was like what the hell is happening here Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't go, you know, I probably didn't deal with it the best at the time because I just put my walls up and um, wouldn't really let, wouldn't talk to her anymore in the house because I, I was, I didn't know what was going to come out next or what she was going to say next to her um, friends or in another word document to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then she made the decision to move out back in October 2020, I think it was. And ever since then, it's been a roller coaster of emotions as well because she wants to have a dad and, and doesn't want to have me around. And we tried counselling, but then she was failing in high school. So we decided to let the counselling go at the time and let her focus on herself. And now it's got to the stage where I can't remember the last time I saw her, but she's still so extremely, she's still so extremely jealous of me and doesn't, still doesn't want me in her dad's life doesn't want me with the family as well so I'm not allowed well, not, not that I'm not allowed but I don't go to family events and now the youngest one has come along as well and is feeling exactly the same and she made the decision just after Christmas to leave as well. I'm a little confused. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Did you say something to stepdaughter about her talking crap about your daughter? No so I one of the things that I went into this relationship with was Nurturing in a way, obviously before I even knew what it was, I grew up in a step family. I have a stepfather and my stepfather made me call him dad. I had to change my surname to his name. I did not see my own father from the age of about 11. Oh, no. Yeah. So I, I've grown up without a dad and that sucked. And I would never put any child through that. And even my own children, like I... My ex-husband was quite abusive. He moved me from Sydney where I was born and where I raised our children and I had my friend group and my family and he moved me up to Queensland against my wishes where his support was and I had absolutely nobody up here. So having a family around is a very important thing for me because I know how it feels and 
when I separated from my ex-husband, I had the decision to make for either I could have gone back to Sydney where my family were or stay here and by myself. And I just I ended up making the decision to stay in Queensland with, where I had absolutely no support, but I needed my children to have a dad because I'd grown up without a dad. And it was just really, really important to me that they learned to deal with their dad, even though he's not the nicest of people in the world them having their dad around and never being able to accuse me of taking their dad away was extremely important. So having my partner's children have a relationship with their dad was also extremely important to me. Yeah. So I um, moved in almost nurturing. I think that my biggest thing that I did was probably play too much of the mum at the home and, you know, I did all the cooking and I was still of the not necessarily cleaning, but I, I'm, I'm an organiser. I've got five children. I'm always on the go. <laughs> yeah. And Why does she hate you? You didn't come in and parent her. No, I didn't come and parent her. No, I didn't. I wasn't fussing at her. I, and look, I'd say to my partner, oh, look, I, I haven't seen any washing for a couple of days. I never asked him to do any chores. I never really did anything. I was actually really quite strict on that because I, I – I knew how it felt. I just didn't want to have anyone feel like I felt growing up. So, no. So she just, I, I honestly don't know. And I think that is the hardest thing for me is that I do not know what I did because I had a good relationship with them, even with the younger stepdaughter. I had a great relationship with her all of this year. She came and lived with us 50-50. I can only put it down, and this is what I'm trying to understand at the moment, is I can only put it down to parental alienation but not of the like when I read it and I listen and I go through the academy and I read a lot of things that are happening to other people parental alienation can be quite in space a lot of the time I believe this is some of the most undermined and manipulative alienation because their mum presents quite oh hi how are you going and she and I've never had anything to do with each other but she'll always wave at me she says hello if we're at the same school activity mm-hmm. I just feel like it's jealousy the girls are extremely jealous and my partner says his ex-wife was exactly the same and they don't want to have anybody else to share their people so even things like family events I don't go to and a lot of it's my own doing my own choice because I made a decision when I left my ex-husband that I just couldn't handle being around toxic people anymore I um people that you know, that lie to you or they manipulate you. Just I feel it and I don't need that feeling and I don't want to live that way. So having the stepdaughters, if I go to a family function, the girls are trying to get in between me and my partner or they'll try and get in between me and, you know, their grandparents. Or if we go to a family function and my children have come along, they'll take the cousins away and my children aren't allowed to sit with the cousins. Or So there's a lot of... I just believe there's a lot of jealousy and I, I, I'm querying whether it's parental alienation as well because the mother is like it. But the mother has a lot of mental health problems. So she's high contact in a way that she's trying to keep the girls with her. She does not want my partner to have any say in them. Everything's very secretive over there. No one knows anything about their life over there, but they're happy to come over here and find out everything that's going on with us, mm-hmm. but everything is very quiet over there. Everything's very secretive. 
So why they don't like me, I have no idea. My partner, they won't talk to my partner. They just have said that they're jealous. They don't like sharing him and they don't like the relationship he has with my children. Do you think, and I know this is pure speculation, it is, yeah. but do you think if he didn't get along with your kids, things would be better? Um, maybe. Yeah, it's a very valid point. And it's something that we have talked about, maybe, because they spend 50-50 here, like my children, and, and they do, they have just a really good relationship and they get on well with like one of my children's brilliant sports. So they talk about sport together and, you know, the other ones have, just needed a dad figure in their life because they don't have that figure. My children don't have that reliable dad figure mm-hmm. in their life. He's a bit crazy ass, so they don't. That uh, my partner's very quiet, not quiet, but he's very calm and he's fun, and so they do. They they my children relax with him, and his daughters have come over and they've never really relaxed. They it's like they're I don't know how to explain it. They, they come over and they're not themselves. They come over and they're on show kind of thing. They don't tell him everything that's going on in their life. They can never be true who they truly are. And I do remember saying to them, the younger one once, I said to her, do you feel like you're a different person at your mum's as you are to your dad's? And she said, yes. She told me so much more relaxed at my mum than I am here. I said, well, do you think you could do me a favour? And when you're here, that you could try really hard to be sane and being relaxed here because we're home and we're wanting you to relax and enjoy yourself here. She told me she'd do her best. And I've seen it. I have seen her relax and, and be her who she wants to be or who she is as a mum, but it doesn't last for very long. And I don't understand why because he's not abusive. He doesn't yell at them. He has expectations like any parent does, that they look after themselves, that they keep their room clean, that they have a shower. <laughs> But right. it's such a, it's, it's a re- I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> their mum is, she's a hoarder. So their house over there is like a dump. So you go to the, the front of the house and there's, I don't know if you have like, uh, you know, like skip bins. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they have plastic skip bins. And for the six and a half years I've been with my partner, they've had two out the front of their mum's house. And at various stages of the year, they're filled with stuff and then they're probably taken away and new ones come out, come back into the driveway. So no one's allowed in the house. The girls don't talk about it. Occasionally they've said a couple of things to their dad about the house not being very clean over there. They eat a lot of takeaway food. So every time that they've come to their dad's house, he's tried, like our house is immaculate and he's always tried to have, you know, we always cook home-cooked meals try not to have too much junk food in the cupboards because he feels that they drink. They do a lot of that over at their mum's house. Uh-huh. So they have this really two different lives, I would say. And I think that their mums, they, they, they lie around all day, they watch movies all day, whereas at our house, they can do that as well. But we try to, like, we go down the beach or we try and bike rides and have activities so that all of the kids are getting out and, you know, having fun doing yeah. what kids do. Do you think that the bio mom talks crap about the dad and you and that's why they don't want to be I, there? Yeah, I think that the bio mom talks crap about me. I think there's a part of the bio mom that is still wanting a family with my partner, even though they've been separated 14, 15 years, I think it is. They, they were separated when the girls were quite young. Mm-hmm. So the girls don't even remember having a parent together. I believe that 
they talk a lot about their life. So there's a lot of romanticising over there. So I know they've tried on the wedding veil that their mum got married in to my partner. I know they've watched the wedding video. <laughs> so I find that really strange. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. I find that really strange. I think I've kept one wedding photo for myself just so my children can see a little bit of where they're from. Right. But <laughs> I don't want to know about I don't want to remember those types of things. <laughs> But they so they, they talk about that a lot. But I do know that he's got guilty parent syndrome. He has always done everything that she has wanted him to do, like so that he could keep the children. Like we he hasn't gone to court to get the children. He's just basically allowed her to dictate what he couldn't because he was just worried that he would never see them again. Mm-hmm. So he's done whatever. And I think she knows that. So she's taken advantage of that. And he's a nice guy. So she's taken advantage of that as well. I think that ever since I came on, so he spent a lot of time with the girls when they were younger. They went camping. They kind of hung out on every second weekend. They hung out and, you know, went to the beach a lot together. So that they've really formed that really lovely relationship, the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I've come along, we've still let that happen. You know, we, 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 I'd read some things before we got um, kind of started really dating or when we, certainly when we moved in where they needed to have time for themselves. and that. So we did all of that. I can honestly say that we've, we've done everything that we could. But ever since I came on the scene, the mum got the girls a dog. And so then all of a sudden they weren't available on Christmas holidays because they had to look after the dog. Uh-huh. So time would start to be taken away from him because they had to look after the dog. But the mum also, she promises them all these things and like promises them holidays and promises them this, and she never does it. They, they, I think they've gone away twice, whereas we've taken them on some amazing trips away altogether. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so I do, I do think that there must be some form of discussion over there about me. When we lost the youngest daughter, it all happened because I'd run her up and I, I was not doing I, I told my partner that I was stepping right back again because um, I, I would still help out because I had that relationship with them with especially the younger one I would help out and I'd go and take her to work or I'd go and take her to her music theater group and things because he works long hours so I didn't mind doing that because you know I'm out on the road anyway with my children and I rung her up one day I was finishing work early and for her to get to work has always been a bit of a drama because this is a kid that doesn't like to extend herself I suppose so she likes to bring everybody up and get them to take her to places so I was finishing work early one day. I phoned her up and I said, hey, I'm finishing work. Would you like me to take you? But it went straight to message bank and she rang me back on the phone. She said, what did you want? Uh-huh. And I was horrified. I was like, here I am. And then I got home. I told her what I was going to do. And I got home. She goes, well, I'm ready now. And I went, oh. And if I could have, I would have just walked away. And that's what I should have done. But she needed to get to work. There was nobody else. So I took her to work. And then I, I lost it. I came home after she'd gone to work. When she came back from work, my daughter came past to collect something and she said hello to everybody. Mm-hmm. And this kid didn't say hello to her. And so then my partner went, oh, what's going on? So he asked her what was going on. And she said, oh, I don't know. The girls are being really mean to me. They're not including me. So he came into our bedroom and he said, we've got a problem. And I said to him, oh, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Sorry. So that's a saying over there too, huh? Yeah, I love that saying. And uh, and he said, uh, 
And then I just burst into tears and I said, it's happening again. And I said, and this is what's happened. And then he goes, right, I'm going to sort this out. And he went out and talked to her. And that was like the worst thing ever because all of a sudden it was like, I said, you're, you've been you know, taking yourself away from us. You're not talking to us. You come in the house from for your first day or you, and you don't even say hello. You just walk straight through, put all your stuff and slam your door. We feel like you don't want us in our own home. You'll only come out and talk to your dad and then you'll come back in. And these, this is a kid that has been really friendly with my girls. I say it, they'll sit on the couch and they'll giggle and TikTok together and have so much fun. But then something will, it's like something overcomes her. It's almost like, actually, when I think about it, her, she's remembering her mum to saying, don't have too much fun over there. I wonder if that's actually what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then she backs off. I wonder if actually that's the case. Those loyalty bonds are crazy. Yeah. Because mom could say, oh, I miss you while you're gone. I just sit here all day. And so stepdaughter starts having fun. And then she's like, oh, man, my poor mom. She's yeah. at home. She misses me. I shouldn't be having fun because she's not. I mean, it can really mess with a kid. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I can see that now. And I do know that they keep in contact a lot. And I do know that when we were moving in, my partner asked them to go 50-50 because he was going to have someone at home because he works really long hours. And so he felt like he could do that. And we discussed it and it was fine by me because I've got my children here a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So they, but she had the youngest one said, No, mum needs me. Priscilla, you are okay, but my mum needs me. So she has a lot of loyalty binds. But the older child, she came and moved in because she was always more of a bit of a daddy's girl, I think, out of the two of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, loyalty binds are, are strong. You're right. It's just so sad. It's, it's just so sad. You know, I have a, an ex husband and he, He's crazy. He has tried to alienate my children. The stuff that he says about me over there is horrible. And he tried so hard to get my kids to not come back to me or to hate me. Mm -hmm. My kids are so different. They see who I am as a person and they see who he is as a person. And Mm -hmm. I think I've only had one problem and my youngest one came back one day and was in tears and wouldn't talk to me. I go, what's wrong, mate? Oh, dad says this and dad says this about you and I don't know who to believe anymore. And I, I sat him down and I just said, well, you know what? I'm not going to get into that discussion with you and your dad is your dad and I'm, I'm your mum and I love you and your dad loves you and you need to take me as you see me, mate, and how, how I act towards you and is how you need to. And he got over it. You know, it took him a week and he came and he apologised. He said, mum, I, I know who you are and I know that you love me. Mm-hmm. And it worked out really, really well, even though he tries even to this very day. But with these girls, they're, I don't know, it's kind of, it's really sad. It actually really breaks my heart because I feel like they're, they've been taught to be victims. They've been taught to just be very insulated by their mum and they're missing out on so much of life. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. It is so, so sad. And they're missing out on a life with their dad because they feel like they have to take care of their mom. So I take it. Mom is not in another relationship. No, she is in a relationship. What? Um, yeah, no, that's exactly right. So they, she, she's in a relationship for about three years. They don't live together. We have a certain name for it. We, we won't talk about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a fly-in, fly-out. Do you guys have that? 
he flies out to work for three or four weeks and he flies back in. And he uh-huh. stays back for like a couple of weeks and he flies back out again. And I think he lives about 300 kilometres away and they go and touch base with each other whenever he comes back in. So she leaves the girls at home to go and do that. They've just been taught to, they're just so mum orientated. But at the same time, they want their dad but they don't, and they don't want anyone else to have him, but they don't kind of want to spend the time with him either. The other day they came over, I was at work, my partner was home, and they came over to have lunch with him. And he was going to have a discussion with them about what they wanted from all of this. And look, probably one of the biggest parts here is my partner, God love him. He probably is not the most talkative chap when it comes to talking about all of these things. So he's done his best and he has spoken to them at the time, but he, he finds it really hard to get his head around all of their feelings and their victimisation and how they are going forward with things, he finds it really, really hard to deal with because he's not like that himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand jealousy and things. And he's also still really scared, I think, that he's going to lose them fully. Yeah. So even though he doesn't really have them, I think he's still really scared. So he doesn't talk to them. And I get very upset about that because I'm the type of person that I'm a talker and I, I want to work things out and I want to know why or what I can do to make things better. So we, we go through this and it takes a very long time until things start to happen so he had them over for lunch the other day and he was talking to them and um, they've told him that they hate our house it has such terrible memories here that he they find it very hard that they don't have a father anymore and that he has another family they find it hard I I think through the academy you probably know that I've been having some problem about family events and going to like Christmas again. So this is my second year in a row that I haven't had Christmas with his family. And just so happened this year they had two big Christmas functions and I didn't go to either of them. And I find that incredibly hard. I actually don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> I think that's got, uh, and I understand it's probably got a lot to do with my own abandonment issues from my dad and my and mum and things like that. So I, I understand that, but it's just really, really, really hard on me. And my partner and I, after Christmas, we kind of went away together for a few days and we were, like, trying to come up with a plan of action. And our plan was is that we, I was going to go. No matter what happened, I was going to go from, you know, going forward, I was going to go. And he told the girls that. And the girls are like, um, but it's our family. It's not her family. She's not a their surname. And this is our family. And I'm still going to go because it's my family. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. So, and then my instant, my natural reflux, reflex for that is um, I put my walls up and I'm like, why do I want to go to something when I'm going to be treated like that? Right. And so then I'm questioning myself again. And I don't, I don't want to be treated like that. But at the same time, I'm missing out on building a bond with a family that have all accepted me and are really happy that I'm around, thankful that he has met someone so different and that makes him happy. So they all love that, but I take myself away from that because I, he has two daughters that don't want me there and they make it known when we're there that I'm not welcome. And I find that really, really hard. Yeah, because it's it's like do you go and risk making them miserable and them being asked by other family members, what's wrong? And they're like, oh, we don't want Priscilla here. We told her <laughs> not to come. And then you feel like the ugly duckling sitting there. Yeah. You're still a mum. Like I still 
I understand how they feel. There's a part of me that understands that they're jealous and they just want their family. And as a person, you want them to have, because they're, you know, they're still 17 and 16, you want them to have that. But at the same time, if I don't go, I'm teaching them that they get whatever they want. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, don't apologize. But you're exactly right. If you don't go, then for lack of a better word, they win. Yeah. But if you do go and they're miserable and you're miserable, does anybody win? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I feel like that's what I've done. I feel like this entire time that we've been fighting with these or fighting this battle, I've given in a lot because that's not my nature to begin with. But, um, and at the same time, I don't want to upset two girls. You don't want them going forward into their lives and, you know, having a really crappy reminder of their dad and them because I had that. I, don't, I never would wish that on anyone. Right. But at the same time, I've taught them how to treat me and I really don't like it anymore. I'm, so I really don't know. Oh, I'm kind of still trying to learn how to go forward with all of this because the other thing that I feel is that I've come into a relationship where we did have fun and we did have a lot of things that we would do as as a, a big blended mess <laughs> and all of that kind of been taken away from me quite suddenly without even knowing what the hell I've done. Right. And my relationship it was important to me. I mean, I, I'm in the best relationship I've ever been in my life. I'm, I'm loved, I'm safe, and now I'm not getting to share. So things have been taken away from me that I actually find very important for me as a person. So that full and complete um, honesty together, that I, I just love that about us, whereas he now finds it hard to talk to me. He's spoken to his daughters. He finds it hard to talk to me about it because he knows I'm going to be upset. So he doesn't tell me things. I'm not sharing in family events. I'm not seeing him as a dad. Right. And I really, really struggle with that. And, and really don't know how to deal with that, to be fair. Well, you said that y'all used to play games and have fun together. Yeah. Was that before y'all moved in? Yeah, it was before we moved in. Certainly there were some times when we had moved in and it was definitely with the youngest daughter, it was definitely only up, up until about September that we were having all that fun as well. Um, like I, I would come home from work and I'd get out of the car and she'd be there waiting for me. Priscilla, let's go for a walk. I need to, I need your help. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, okay, put my bag. <laughs> and then off we'd go for a walk and she'd, like, download with me. So I was, I was going from one extreme and then all of a sudden at Christmas time she said, I can't live here anymore. And, and I, I've actually offered to move. I, um, we were actually going through the process of me moving out so that he could have his daughters back again because we thought, okay, is this the only way that we will – he can have a relationship with them because I know oh, it must hurt. Right. And they told him, no, that wouldn't work. Yeah. They said, no, we, that wouldn't work. It's too late now. We can't go back to just the three of us. There's too much damage. And I'm like, where's all this damage? Like, what's the damage? And then the youngest daughter was like, oh, well, you made my sister cry every night and she never felt safe in your house. And I've had such a horrible time here and there's too much damage now. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Uh, like I, I, there's so many things that are made up in their heads, and that's where I think it is parental alienation because you know that confabulation that they do. Yeah. Yeah, and I and that's what they they are 
so good at that. So that's where I think it's parental alienation, but I just think it's so subtly done. Yeah, I agree with you. It's got to be parental alienation because nothing else makes sense. It doesn't. It's not like when her and your daughter had a disagreement that you jumped down her throat and cussed her out. That didn't happen. It's not like dad put her on restriction or anything like that because she was mean to your daughter. Only thing that makes sense is parental alienation. And also, if you research memories, our memories are not very accurate. Mm. So the memories that they quote, quote, have could be memories that their mom has told them. Yeah, that's a valid point. Like, remember when your sister used to come home crying because she was didn't want to go to your dad's and didn't feel safe there and all this stuff. And then the little sister, I mean, the older sister has heard it so much. That's her memory, even though it yeah. didn't happen. Actually, that's something I haven't even thought about before, Laurie. You're probably 100% right. Because this house, like, it hurts me to hear that they hate this house when I even told my daughters that, that they um, hate this house because they've had such terrible memories here. And my girls are like, what? <laughs> I've never seen them laugh so much since when they were living here, having so much fun, like when they've been living here. That's a very valid point, something that I'll, I'll yeah, put some consideration into. Thank you. Well, and it might be worth mentioning to your husband, you know, that's completely up to you. You know him better than we do, of course. You know if he's struggling with this. Because he may be trying to figure out what in the world happened. Yeah, I, I think he does. He's very worried about me, which I which upsets me a little bit because I, I want him to like work on himself or work. I think he's waiting for me to make my move because I, I am. This, this upsets me. I'm in tears probably every second day. <laughs> yeah. From this because I, I just don't understand it. Like if, as you said, if I was yelling and screaming at them or you know, treating them horribly, I'd really understand. But I, I haven't done any of that. And for them just to be so jealous, I mean, they have admitted that they're jealous, so that's one one bonus. I think I had my 50th birthday, we had a bit of a, 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 get, a family get-together and kind of went downhill. That was in end of August. And it kind of went downhill from there with the mm-hmm. younger stepdaughter because she didn't. Um, and then that night we had some friends back and, she went to her room and she was in her room crying all night. And I, I said to my partner, you better go and make sure she's okay. I don't think she's very good. And he went in there and she just unleashed this whole big hour's worth of stuff to him. Like, yeah, my sister's not here. I miss her. I, I don't like having family events when she's not here. It's not fair to her. It was all about them. <laughs> the sister could be guilting her. Well, that's what we kind of thought. We thought that. And so when we had this discussion at Christmas time or just before Christmas and I had said to her, look, I'll move out. I'll, I'll take my children and you guys can be with your dad and, and spend some time together because obviously that's what you really, really need. And my partner and I, we were okay. We, we, our, we feel our relationship was strong enough to deal with it. It's been absolutely horrible. And I think parental alienation is fueled by the girls naturally being very jealous girls. I mean, the older stepdaughter has, relationships with her friends that have come and gone over the years because she wants to own people and if they don't want to own if they don't want to own her back or if they're in a group she'll shun the other people out so she's just owning this one person that she wants to be her friend 
Mm-hmm. So they're quite, they're probably quite immature. They haven't really had, you know, their mum, I, I don't understand their mum for the life of me. I was a single mum of five children going through a, a crazy separation with a very, very abusive man. I put myself through uni through that entire time to become a nurse. I have struggled financially because of him because he kept money away from me. I did all of this without parents around. I know how hard life can be, and, but how important it is to also raise children and, and give them life skills. Mm-hmm. And this woman, she can't even get them to the doctor. She can't get them to the psychologist. She, they needed to have a blood test. They can't. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to have that blood test. <laughs> you know, they don't shower. They both sadly can smell when they're around. She doesn't pull them up or she doesn't, it's not pulling them up. She doesn't help them. Doesn't help them to say, hey, maybe you need to have a shower. And if you have a shower, this can do, you know, you'll be a better person here and you're looking after yourself and things. She doesn't do those things with them. She hasn't yeah. taught them how to be, you know, girls. Right. We got into trouble because we took the, well, I didn't. My partner took his oldest daughter bra shopping because she was filling out of her pops uh-huh. and he took her bra shopping and he was in trouble for it. And he was like, but someone needed to do it. And she goes, I was getting there. <laughs> so these, this is a mother that treats them badly as well, you know. Yeah. They, they live in a house that's filthy dirty. Like I think they've told me one time that there was a, a like one small pathway into the bathroom that they could walk on and the rest of it was just filled with stuff. On wow. Yeah, you know, I feel sorry for them in that way. You know, I wonder if that's why they feel like she needs them too. Because they can't, she can't look after herself. Yeah. And Maybe. there's such a vast difference between their mom's home and y'all's home. Yeah, <laughs> it is very, very much so. But my children have that between homes as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as, as we say, they've been raised differently. So, Well, I want to ask you about you growing up. Yeah. Did your dad, was he forced kind of out of the picture or... Was it by his choice? I think he was forced out. So when I was about four, I think my parents separated. And I remember seeing my dad. I blocked a lot of this out, sadly. But I remember seeing my dad probably every second weekend up until I was about 11. Mm -hmm. But my mother remarried quite quickly. And I think that in speaking with family members, I think there's been a lot of mental health issues in the family. And it's probably all just being kept under. Mm -hmm. But my mum remarried a man and he literally came in and within a year I was told I had to call him dad and my my actual dad I had to call him my old father so I remember going I know it's such a funny name when you think about it as well because I remember remember having a conversation with my sister just the other day and she said old father and I went what (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny I said we're nearly 50 and you're calling him old father still but so, yeah, so I was, and then I was made to call him dad. And I think my mom, because I was the oldest of three, and I think my mom attacked my younger siblings and got them on board before she told me, because I was always probably a little bit more outspoken than the others at the time. Uh-huh. I remember them all coming to me and saying, we've all decided to call him dad. And I'm like, no, he's not our dad. And all of them saying, no, he is now. 
and that's what you'd call him and and your other dad is he called your old father I'm like oh. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I did and like obviously it was very traumatic at the time I think that's probably where a lot of my walls have started I numb myself off very very well uh-huh. um, when I've started to be hurt and then my mum went up to the school and actually changed our surname as well and the, sur- the new surname did never never went with my first name so I used to get teased a lot for uh-huh. my surname, um, especially with my first name so that was really horrible throughout my whole school year all my school years I went through with his surname um, and it still causes me grief even now. I've finally just actually gone back to my maiden name, which is my actual dad's name. Good. Because I wanted to have something that I, I that was me. And the amount of paperwork I had to do just because I'd gone to his surname, my stepfather's surname, without any documentation was horrible. It cost me like 300 bucks. <laughs> it was worth every penny, though. It certainly was. <laughs> but um, my dad, my real dad, he tried to keep in contact with us. And when I was about 17, I think maybe 16, 17, I went looking for him. I had a girlfriend that worked at a real estate agent and she had found him for me. And I, and, but then I got found out. My mum found out from someone and I, I wasn't allowed to go and meet with him. So, but when at around the same age, I don't know how this came about, but I found under my mum's bed a whole lot of presents and cards and uh, all from my dad to my the three of us so he obviously had been trying to keep in contact with us but they had been hiding everything and I do recall a lot being put on our letterbox when I was probably about eight or nine so I wonder now if that was for oh yeah yeah so growing up with our dad and my stepfather was very authoritarian he would you know smack us he would like we, we were made to feel like crap with him he, he just he was not a very nice person we all struggle with life now because of the way we were brought up like he really took our mum. I remember my mum being quite fun but as soon as he came along he took over and I can't remember my mum ever telling me she loved me I can't remember having hugs for my mum I remember when I went my first day at high school I came home and I was wanted to tell her all about this dreamy boy that I'd found in, <laughs> in yeah. music class or something or other and she went oh you have to tell me later I've got to get your father's dinner ready and I learned very early on not to disclose things or talk to my mum after uh, so that was yeah really really hard and, and I know that's caused a lot of my problems as to why I'm now and and why I was you know even my marriage I married basically my mother and my stepfather you know so yeah. Is your mom and your stepfather still together? Yes, they are. I don't have a relationship with my mom anymore. My mom, well, I did have a relationship with her. I mean, she was even in the, the room for my first child's birth, but it was always hard. She would always put me down. Like she'd always say, oh, you're so soft. Why are you so soft? You know, or she'd go, you need to lose weight or you need this. So she was and yeah. I never knew if it came from her or if it came from my stepfather. Mm-hmm. I suppose my mum's been with him so long now that they've just become one person. But um, when my firstborn was one month old, my mum and my ex-husband had a massive argument. They never liked each other. I haven't spoken to her pretty much from there. And I've decided I, I've, ever since I, I, like I haven't been with my ex-husband now for, I don't know, 11, 10, 10 11 years, 12 years actually. Yay. And um, mm-hmm. but I haven't 
spoken to her and I could have that I could have had that relationship with her, but I actually made the decision that I didn't need that toxic stuff in my life. I was having hard enough time separating from my ex-husband and all of the drama was that that I didn't need her putting me down or telling me what a terrible person I was for marrying him. I just didn't need that. So I I don't have my mum in my life. I did get back in touch with my dad. I have a very interesting relationship with him where we speak to each other for a couple of times and we may not speak to each other for years and then we'll get back in contact with each other. I think that's okay for now. Mm-hmm. It's what works, right? Yeah, we're both hurting. He went off and had another full family. So he went off and got married and had another three children. And I've, I know my half-siblings, but it hurts. It hurts that he did that and... I can understand why. As a parent, yeah. I can understand why you have to move on. Yeah, and that, especially back in the seventies, you know, there was no support and things. And I have talked to him about it, and he said that he had to move on. And I fully understand that, but it hurts. And they still have a relationship with him. My half siblings do. So yeah, to see that, I, I find that hard. So I feel like I've been by myself in my life a lot of the time, and I've done it myself. That you know, I probably I'm just used to it now. I think. You know, I don't think you ever get used to it. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. You've said it before. You are good at not letting those things affect you and not dwelling on those things and keeping them pushed down. But I still think that you're always going to hurt that your dad wasn't a part of your life, but you can't change it. I can't change it. That's right. Yeah. And hopefully what you can do now is try to build whatever kind of relationship you can with him even if it is just a small one. Yeah, so we're going to try and do a road trip this year if Corona World allows us. And, um, yeah, I I really hope that we can go and and catch up with him. My partner's never met him, so that would be nice. That would be great. I'm excited for you. Yeah, yeah, no, it will be nice. And we don't talk about anything either. We just kind of go forward. We don't don't talk about anything in the past. And it's, it's, it's in the past, as you said. We can't change it now. Right. And right. So, so that's a nice thing, nice thing to look forward to. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I know that you probably do have questions about what happened in the past, but those questions are probably more for your mom. Uh, yes, I have a lot of questions for my mom. I cannot understand my mom. Yeah. As a mom, I can't understand. I mean, she hasn't met four of her grandchildren. She only knew my son for a month. So mm-hmm. she's missed out on so much. And she's now got dementia so I'm never going to get that from my mum now yeah which I find really hard I actually find that harder than anything probably to not have the answers from my mum like yeah I don't know how you can leave your children that's one of the things and I think that you know what in some ways that's probably why my partner and I did everything we could with our children coming into our blend because I knew how it felt right I, I was so aware of of how it felt to not, you know, like to have a stepfather who was an asshole. Excuse my language, and I'll let that anyway. No, no, you're fine. I, I knew how it felt, so I, I didn't want his daughters to feel anything like that, and that's why we took it so slow. And and, and now, why I think I'm in such shock that it's all just fallen apart as it has. Well, the thing is, they're still teenagers, and. Yeah. As they get older and have kids of their own and grow up, let's just say, for lack of a better word, maybe some of their perceptions on things will change. And 
you never know. You may get the thank you for not trying to be our parent. Yeah. I like to hope so. <laughs> yeah. And I hope so for your husband's sake too, because he needs that relationship with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We see it all too often and it's horrible that these kids are alienated and then something happens to the parent that they were alienated from and they can never get that closure or any type of rekindling or anything with that person. Mm. Well, that, that's what I worry about. My partner just had an accident work the, um, a couple of weeks ago and I, I did. That was the first thing I thought about was, oh, what's going to happen? You know, like it was all okay. It was nothing much mm-hmm. in the end. But like it does, it puts it all out there for you. And I know their mum, the, the birth mother, she lost her dad at 16. He had a heart attack after she and him and had a massive fight. So, ah. so things, things, you know, things have happened to her that you think that she would say to her girls, you need to have a relationship with your dad. I, no, I she's that. doing the opposite. She's trying to make up for the relationship she didn't have with her dad by having her kids feel like that she needs them or she can't exist. Right. It's so sad. Yeah. Because she, she's ruining them and mm-hmm. she's ruining my partner and then she's even ruining a relationship like, you know, like our relationship is suffering. Yeah. You would think since she went through that, that she would be thinking, oh, you need to have a relationship with your dad because anything can happen at any time. But I think, and I'm just guessing here, she has such guilt with what happened with her dad that that's what's causing her to act the way she is to almost keep her kids close to her. Close to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a very valid point. Yeah, See, I knew I'd learn something doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, that's actually a very valid point as well. Something I'll, yeah. She's got guilt with that. She's got to have guilt with that. Yeah. Oh, she certainly does. And, I, and from what I understand, she's never dealt with it. She's never been in therapy and things like that. So, and I think that's probably why she struggles with her girls going to therapy so much as well, maybe. She doesn't want the therapist to know things. (laughs) Right. And she's probably afraid the therapists are going to say, look, something's wrong with your mom, not trying to allow you to have a relationship with your dad. Yeah. And I do want to say one other thing before we wrap up, though. You were talking about how your mom was before she ended up in this relationship with your stepdad. And it sounds like he was very controlling. Yeah. And she may have been like a lot of us have been oh, I had one failed relationship. I don't want to have another one. Like you said, it's back in the day. And back in the day, you know, it was more of the woman did what the man told them to do. Yeah, no, you're right. And and I hate that you missed out on a good relationship with your mom and that she's struggling now because that's sad. It's sad for you and it's sad for her. Yeah, it is sad, actually. You know, I I think I get a little bit angry at her, though, because you know, I was in a relationship, a marriage as well, that was horrible. It was abusive in every way it could be. And I managed to leave. But, you know, I managed to leave and I had five children and I did it all by myself. And I'm thankful that I've had friends that were able to help me get places to live. And I've lined up to get food at some Vincent, you know, some Vinnie's to get food vouchers whilst I was trying to better myself and put myself through uni with these kids. And I've done the hard yards and I did that without a mum. I think I just get a little bit angry that she couldn't do that for us kids. But you're right. It was back in the 70s. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking the 2000s and I still get a little bit angry though. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. And you have a right to be angry. Yeah. You know what? You are one heck of a strong person and you've proven that. Look at everything that you have accomplished. And yeah, yeah. even though it wasn't the 70s and it was just 2000, that's still a lot to accomplish. Yeah. It was not the easiest time of life. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I am. I, yeah. I, wanted, I needed to do it for my children. Yeah. But too often people get stuck. And I saw that with my mom and dad. My mom felt stuck, even though she could have afforded to live on her own and things like that. She fell in that rut and she just, again, felt stuck. And it's unfortunate because by the time she did leave, she was in such bad health that she couldn't have a good life after. Yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah. Well, Priscilla, I hate to let you go. I really do. But it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I do want you to make a note. I want to have you back on here in a couple of years to see how things are going and see if things have changed with the stepdaughters. Oh, I have. (laughs) Yes. It's extremely hard. (laughs) Well, you definitely keep in touch and let us know. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. You have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So, David, tell everybody the wonderful gift I got you for Valentine's Day. So apparently there's this new way of buying Valentine gifts that you know the person really wants because um, Lori broke something of mine. and Accidentally. Then, yeah, accidentally. She broke it. And, I, and she's like, oh, I'll get you another one. I'll worry about it. Um, well, a few days later, this box comes in the mail. She hands it to me. She goes... Look, I got you a replacement. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean, happy Valentine's Day? You're replacing something of mine you broke. <laughs> she goes, yes, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, you told me I didn't have to replace it, so I did. So happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> so apparently, if you don't know what to get your significant other for Valentine's Day, just break something they like and then replace it. And there you go. Now you know you got something they wanted. <laughs> hey, win win. I guess. I guess. Worked for me. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff that works for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't forget, we are going to Fort Worth, Texas, the end of April this year. Yeehaw, y'all. With Laura Petherbridge. For more information, go to nachokids.com slash Fort Worth 2022. All right. Hope to see you there. Yeah. Come join us, y'all. We're a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll definitely be fun. I promise you that. I'll make sure of it. Yeah, David's going to be there too, (laughs) y'all. Just a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just like this on the podcast. I'm like this in real life. (laughs) He's not lying. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this up before the puppies start hollering again. All right. Thanks again for listening, folks. Be sure to share this out and help just one other person find the help that you found. (laughs) And, And leave us a review. Oh, yeah. Do that too. We hadn't asked for those in a while. I think Spotify is now allowing people to leave reviews. Cool. Check it out. Leave us a review. Yep. All right, folks. Thanks again. We'll see you next Friday. Remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.